The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, May the 4th, currently 12.06 on the East Coast. Here to discuss some more player performances, some player props for the Wednesday night schedule in the NBA playoffs. And joining me to break it all down is my main man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN, as well as his as well as hosting, can't get my words out, his own YouTube show daily. It's my main man, Scott Reichel. Scott, how are you feeling this Wednesday afternoon, buddy? Uh, how am I feeling? I had the Celtics team total under 110.5. How do you think I feel? I, I pulled off a miracle. Ticket, sir. Yeah, never in doubt. You know, that's <laughs> what they say in the business, never in doubt. But, yeah, felt pretty good. I know I ended up going 0 for to start the second round with the picks. 1-0-2, and, and you bounce back and go 2-0. So it's definitely the way you want to respond. And hopefully I'll pick up a few other winners tonight. But for the sake of the props, uh, there's a couple that I like, and I'm looking forward to talking about them. Yeah, sides, uh, spreads have been good to me this at least to start the week. Uh, sides not so – or sorry, player props not so much. Um, I did hit the three-point props last night with uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, I thought they would, you know, or at least the team would bounce back by shooting the ball better than they did uh, in game one where they went 18 of 50 last night. I think they were 20 of 43 where the Boston Celtics, but um, didn't work out for me in the Warriors and the Memphis game, but we'll, we'll get all to all of the player performances here in a minute. But again, yeah, like you mentioned, NBA gambling podcast crew uh, bounces back in a nice way last night, combining to go five and one uh, on Tuesday night. So hopefully we can carry that momentum as well as our player props into tonight. With two games on the schedule, first one's going to be the Philly, uh, sorry, Philadelphia 76ers and the Miami Heat game two, and then game two between the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Scott, at least for round two, we saw John Moran's performance last night, 47 points. Um, you know, I know I'm sure we'll talk about James Harden as well. But what has kind of stuck out to you as far as player performances in, in these within these first, you know, six games here in round two? I know Luca had a great game one, a phenomenal game one where he dropped 45, but uh, what's kind of stuck out to you here? Uh, for me, I think the main takeaway that's actually going to get even more interesting moving forward is John Morant. And I know that, of course, that's, not a bit of, that's a little bit of recency bias, but unlike Luca, the 47 points actually won his team the game where you can right. make an argument that Phoenix really let Luca do whatever he wanted because – he was already doing well in the first place, but when you're up 16 with five to go and the game's basically over, Phoenix was on cruise control the entire game. It kind of yeah. felt like they were dominating from start to finish. Memphis, on the other hand, had to come from behind to avoid going down 2 nothing at home. So you'd mm-hmm. lose home court advantage two times over. Yeah. That was a must-win game for Memphis. And the main guy, who I assumed would have been guarding Ja, ended up getting injured three minutes into the game. And that's Gary Payton second, Mm -hmm. who now has a fractured elbow and he's going to be out for the rest of the series. So if you want to talk about what I have been focusing on more, what's going to stick out to me, 
it's Ja who went re- who did really well in game one. Then game two he went nuclear. Golden State has no one who could guard him besides maybe Gary Payton the second, and that's a big maybe. But he's probably their best uh, guard. I'd say he's their best uh, perimeter defender. Defender on the perimeter. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And now he's out. Yeah. So I gotta think that Golden State. Is gonna have they're gonna have to try something new because whatever they tried yesterday didn't work. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming Gary Payton the second was a huge part of their defensive game plan against Ja when the series started, and now he's not. So mm-hmm. I still can't believe Steve Kerr didn't send one double team in the final five minutes as Ja scored the final 15 points, yeah. which didn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. But if you want to talk about players that jumped off the page and what I'm looking at moving forward. Job points. I'm not sure what they're going to be, what it's going to be set at. But Golden State can't guard. Yeah, he he's dominated them. I mean, even during the regular season, he was dominating them. And you're right. I mean, they really don't. They think the one guy that was able to stay in front of him is not going to be back for this series. Probably with that factor double one, Gary Payton the second. But um, I think the Warriors again last night they didn't have a great shooting night. I think the one guy that really needs to step up is the other Splash Brother. It's it's Clay Thompson for me, and he's had a rough two games at least shooting the ball. Um, trying to put last night five of nineteen from the floor. Uh, he only scored let's see here twelve points last night in game one. He wasn't good as uh, either. Um, so I, I think that's one guy I'm looking to step up. I don't know if he's exerting his energy on the defensive end where he's still getting you know, smashed on the defensive end by guys like John Morant. But I think that's a guy that really needs to step up for these, uh, for the Golden State Warriors. And maybe getting back home in San Francisco in the Bay Area helps him. But, you know, going five of 22 combined so far from three-point land in the first two games, that's not going to get it done. And then 11 of 38 overall from the floor, it's not getting it done. So it's going to be interesting the kind of the adjustments, what Steve Kerr wants to do as far as matchups-wise. But um, John Moreno, I think that started us already see some props being dropped. Um, I got to assume his number is going to be 32 and a half, 33 and a half or something. John Moreno's at 28 and a half. That's that's a joke. Yeah, I mean, at I assume they'd price it the way Lucas priced. If you look at Lucas' numbers tonight, it's around thirty three and a half. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, I think that's something to definitely take advantage of here, especially early on when they're dropping the props. So I mean, I really just think that they're. It's really was seen that that the books are really just putting out the same spreads totals mostly for the game, unless the game went severely under or over the total. They're making that adjustment. But at least for a side or from a player product perspective, it's really kind of been the same across the board for me. Uh, guys like you mentioned, like Luca, they'll make the adjustment because he had a 45 point game. But I, I'm not sure. I think John Moran was at 26 and a half last night, if I'm not mistaken. I just but don't get it's how, not even enough of an adjustment. I just yeah, I just don't get how a guy can drop 47. Golden State loses its best perimeter defender. And I have to bet on him to score 29 or more. It feels like you're just handing me some a really good odds there because just to go back to the game two, I know it's in Memphis and Golden State, even though they lost the game, they still stole home court. That's mm-hmm. what you try to do in the first two games of a series. Right. Golden State really should have won the game last night. And mm-hmm. when Dylan Brooks, who both of us don't like, we don't think he's very <laughs> good, but yeah. he is one of their main guards. You lose him yeah. three minutes into the game. Desmond Bain can't move, so his three-point shooting is non-existent at the moment because his back completely seized up on him. 
What did you think was going to happen? And Jaron Jackson uh, fouled out down the stretch. Mm -hmm. They have one guy. Of course, you make an argument. I know Zaire had a couple of shots, but come on. Uh, Brandon Clark, I know, is pretty good as well. But down the stretch, it was give the ball to Ja. Everyone get out of the way. Mm -hmm. He's going to ISO, sprint to the paint, hit a layup. And it was the same thing for about four straight minutes. Can you send a double? Can you force anybody else to beat you? Because when you're missing your your one of your starting guards or forwards, or whatever you want to classify Dylan Brooks as, sure. Bain can't move, and his shot was off the entire night. I don't really know why you weren't potentially doubling off him. And you're just going to let the best player on Memphis get whatever he wants when the game's on the line. I didn't get it. Yeah, I think that's going to be really the narrative for John Morant going forward. I mean, if you kind of take a look at the number of shot attempts that he's getting up in the first two games against the Golden State Warriors, he's at 31 each in the first two games so far. And even in the three-point shots, he's had double-digit attempts in the first two games compared to what he was doing in round one, where they really kind of didn't need him because Desmond Bain and other guys were stepping up, guys like Brandon Clark, like you mentioned. But I think this is going to be a series where it's going to have to be on the back of John Moran and yeah, you're right. This this number has probably not been priced properly for John Moran. So I expect the same volume to be there for him as well uh, going forward as we kind of progress through this series. Do you um, think Brooks gets suspended? I think he might have to, right? Yeah, I mean, especially because it resulted the in the injury, right? Yeah, pains out for the series. Yeah, I, so, I got to assume Brooks will miss one game minimum. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that... That means Memphis is going to win game three because Brooks is not going to play. You know, Golden State's begging the league office to let him play. Yeah. But. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it just kind of goes back to Draymond Green in game one where he had the flagrant two. They, as soon as it happened, I was like, and it it initially didn't look as bad as it was. When you slow it down and look at replays, it's a lot worse. Um, But when I was watching that, I was like, this is going to be automatic flagrant too, just because of what happened with uh, Draymond Green. They they have to keep it consistent. Now, the question is, does he get suspended? Uh, Because it did lead to a pretty much a season ending injury for, or a playoffs ending injury for uh, Gary Payton, the second that that shall be seen because they don't play until Saturday. So we'll see. Um, I'm going to say, yes, I think think one more game. Yeah, I think so too. Um, any other player performance, maybe from the, any other series that's kind of stuck out, maybe anything from Milwaukee, uh, Boston. I, I'll lead by this with Milwaukee. Somebody needs to step up for them. I know Chris Middleton is out. Giannis is doing the best that he can. They're clogging the paint against him, but as they should. Yeah. And, but they they scored 101 in game one. I think they had 86 last night. Yeah. That's not going to get it done, especially in the, this modern NBA, like you have to score points. Um, but I don't know, Drew Holiday. I mean, who? I mean, is there really any other options for them? Brooke Lopez. I, I don't know about that. that I mean, you're asking me to pick between, <laughs> you know, a, a lot of really weak options here. But if you want me to call one player out, I'm yeah. going to call out Brooke Lopez because the reason why he's on the court is obviously to provide some quote-unquote spacing because he's a big man who could shoot threes. Is he efficient from three? Yeah, kind of, not really. But he also is supposed to help out on the glass. But Brooke Lopez played 25 minutes last night. He had five fouls and two points. Two yeah. points? <laughs> I, I got to at least bring his name up. Now, Holiday has had inconsistent shooting games for a while, which is why I still don't fully trust him offensively in a playoff series or in general. Defensively, though, he's fantastic. So that's the 
I guess what you can say is the offense on top is gravy because the defense is always going to be there. Yeah. But Bobby Portis, I like. He had thirteen and he had thirteen and eight, five of seven. You know, he was efficient. Giannis was awful in the first quarter, but he finished eleven of twenty-seven, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound great. But he started out like zero for seven. So yeah. compared to where he started, the eleven for twenty-seven wasn't actually that bad. Uh, Connaughton was good off the bench. That was basically it. But if you want me to call out one guy. I do think that Lopez needs to be a bigger factor. Now, he did have three blocks, which definitely helps. But if you're talking about spacing and if you're talking about guys that can potentially, I'd say, cause matchup problems because of the wall they're setting up on Giannis, it would be the three-point shooters. And Lopez, who's a pretty streaky three-point shooter, but he's still on the court a lot, he's got he's, he, I mean, he has to score like 10-plus points per game, and sure. you can't put up two in 25 minutes. Yeah. It wasn't even just two, by the way. He only attempted two shots. Yeah. Like, it's one thing if you have a bad shooting night. It's one mm -hmm. thing if you go one for seven, it happens. You know, you'll try to bounce back. But you can't play 25 minutes against Boston when they're sending a wall at Giannis every time he drives and not tell me you're open at least five times a game. Yeah, I mean, he had a great game one and two against all the way sorry in round one against chicago he had 18 and 25 but since then he hasn't done anything nine points two points 12 points six points and two points like even that the three point attempts aren't there for him he's only shot let's see what two four six in the past five games so i don't know yeah i think you're right that's a guy that needs to step up uh true holiday he's been he's been okay he's been good i i think are you um, surprised I'm not surprised. No, he's been this way for years. Defensively, yeah. he's going to dial in, mm-hmm. and he probably is the best perimeter defender in the league. Yeah. I know that Marcus Smart fans will be annoyed, but I think last, I think yesterday kind of proved that he might not necessarily deserve the Defensive Player of the Year award because sure. I'm not even sure if he's the best defensive player on his team. Shout out to Robert Williams. But the way that I see it is that Drew, you expect a couple of up-and-down games offensively. Mm-hmm. It's been his M.O. for several years, if not his entire career. Lopez, who even though I think is a bit overrated when it comes to shooting, mm-hmm. he's a decent big man who could shoot, but people treat him like he's Dirk or somebody. Like, no, he's just not as good when it comes to shooting threes. Yeah. But he's still good enough at four spacing. And if you're only going to attempt two shots and you're barely attempting any threes – are you only there for rim protection? Because I'm not really sure what Brook Lopez's role was offensively since he hasn't really done anything in the last couple of games. Yeah, again, I think that the Bucks might be in a little bit of trouble here because, again, offensively... They should be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean offensively, you, you, you can't... You, you can't only score the amount of points that you did in the first two games, especially against this Boston offense, which we know, again, we saw finally a team that knocked down some three-point shots against this uh, this defense, which has been the worst during the regular season. And again, we talked about it with the Chicago series that they just didn't have the shooters to take advantage of the, the lack of defense by uh, against the three-point line by the Milwaukee Bucks. And Milwaukee finally last night knocked them down. And hopefully that's the thing that kind of continues for them um, if you are a Boston fan, if they do advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. But um, yeah, one uh, they even up the series last night, one and one heading back to Milwaukee. Same thing with the Memphis Grizzlies, one one heading back to the Bay Area for uh, Game Three set on Saturday night um, in the NBA playoffs. Anything else, uh, Scott? Before we dive into our player props here, my man. 
Uh, not really. Uh, I have. I'm saving one of my players for the actual segment later, or for okay. the actual picks later. So yeah. I'm going to save those. But for the series as a whole, I can't say anything's really surprised me up to this point. I personally think Phoenix is going to destroy Dallas. Yeah. I just think that Dallas cannot handle really any center with a pulse because their big men are pretty weak. And Phoenix, game was close at the end. I know that Dallas almost covered. Mm-hmm. It was a wire-to-wire job. Like, Phoenix took their foot off the yeah. gas. The game was over. So that yeah. didn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. I expected Golden State and Memphis to go six or seven. It looks like we're headed that way. I expected Milwaukee-Boston to go seven. I don't fully know if we're headed there because I have faith in Boston keeping up its current form as opposed to Milwaukee limiting Boston to that few points like it did in game one. Yeah. But as of right now, I have that being a war as well. And with Embiid being injured, I feel like nobody gave Philly a chance. And we'll reassess it. We'll see how Philly does tonight. Spoiler alert, I don't think they're going to do well tonight. <laughs> but the point is, if they're down 2 nothing, I don't think they can beat Miami 4 out of 6. Yeah. So have I been surprised by anything? Not really. You? Yeah, me neither. Um, I think it's kind of played out at least in round two so far. I did think that last night we had talked about this as well on the NBA pod and, and when we were on with Sean and Ryan, um, that this the, it was a home run spot for the Memphis Grizzlies last night. Like you don't want to go down 0-2 heading back to – California in the Bay Area in San Francisco. The series Francisco. is over if you go down 0-2. Yeah, and I think that tonight both teams are in similar situations, but I think the two teams tonight between Phoenix and Miami are more um, – I don't know what the word is, but I think probably in a better spot. To well, against it, weaker opponents. Yeah, against yeah. weaker opponents to make it a shorter series and advance to the conference finals. So, well, it is also different because Memphis was at home. And right. they were trying to avoid going down 0-2, yeah. where you have Phoenix – or no, sorry, you have Dallas and Dallas you have and Philly. Philly. Mm-hmm. And even if you lose these two games, if you defend home court, you're at least okay. Yeah. If Memphis loses the game yesterday, it is over. Yeah. And yeah. they're probably losing in five. So that's why I liked Memphis. Mm-hmm. I know we shared our favorite dog yesterday, a plus 110. Terrell had the Grizzlies' first quarter yeah. as his lock. So Memphis did us a solid. Uh, but – the difference there is that Memphis at home, if they fall down 0-2, yeah. the series is a wrap. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's do this. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back, and then we'll dive into our player props for this Wednesday night schedule here in the NBA. We're brought to you by WinBet. Make sure to get down on Win's Bet $10, Win $200 promotion, where a $10 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, a WinBet casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with Win's own Build Your Own Bet feature. All users can receive a free $20 bet when they win, lose, or push on a three or more leg Build your own bet parlay between Thursday through Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offers on the NBA playoffs. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older or present in the state of where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. Sleeper is a fastest growing 
fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there and I use it for mine. It's a game changing product unlike anything else in the industry and now you can make money on Sleeper 2 by playing their new over under game. It's super simple. First in any sport choose two or more basketball players or baseball players and pick their over under. For example number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly you can win anywhere from 2 times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only, only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's, it's, it's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code SGPNBA and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code SGPNBA when you deposit. Join SGPN squad to bet with the guides. It's at sg.pn slash squad. Once again, sg.pn slash squad. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, coming off of the break here, let's dive into our player props for tonight. Scott, I'll give you the floor first, my man. What you got for tonight? So for the first one, I'm going to go to one of my takeaways that I did not mention for the uh, first part of this show. It's going to be James Harden. And I'm sure a lot of people are focused on his points because everyone knows he hasn't dropped 25 or 30 in, I don't even know, five years. No, but actually I'm looking at his assist number. Uh, it's at nine and a half, and that number seems a bit too high to me. I'm going to take the under. And the reason why is, well, a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, recently his assists have not been that great. He's recorded less than 10 assists in three of his last four games. On top of that, Miami is great defensively at preventing assists. Mm-hmm. Miami is only allowing 22.9 assists per game, which is the third fewest in the league. And if you want to go historically – Harden has recorded less than 10 assists in five of his last six games against Miami. So it seems like Miami and Spolster's game plan is always let Harden do whatever he wants in the isolation, Mm -hmm. guard everybody else, and just let Harden do his thing. And since Harden really can't create that much separation anymore, Mm -hmm. Miami should be extra focused on keeping the shooters in mind because, of course, you have no MB to worry about. And Harden is a shell of his former self. So if you're Miami, would you rather – trap Harden and allow other people to be wide open mm-hmm. or force an injured player in decline to potentially drop 30. I'm going to go with option B. Philly only scored 92 points in game one and Harden only had five assists. So if you're going to get more assists, you need them to score more. I'm not sure Philly even gets to 100 in this game. Yeah. So in a low scoring game for one side of the equation, at least, and for a defense that's the lead at preventing assists, nine and a half is way too high. I'm taking the under. I think he'll finish somewhere around six or seven. Yeah, I think this is a game where you're going to have to see a more aggressive James Harden, at least scoring the basketball, because yeah. they really don't have another option, right? And that's really going to take away from him dishing out and, and getting the assist. Sure, he might get the rebounds here and there, but again, with all the reasons that you did mention and the numbers that are kind of really backing it up for his assist prop, um, yeah, I, I, I do like this play as well. I. I want to take the under on his points. I'm just afraid that it the makes... aggressiveness might manifest into a bunch of bad shots. Yeah, and exactly. And, and either that or he's going to get to the free throw line another 13, 14 times in this game. 
I'm viewing and... it like the I'm viewing it like it's a taller Trey Young. No offense to Trey Young, I know he's much better than James Harden right now. Yeah, but I'm talking about Miami's defensive game plan because yeah. we know Trey Young is a great facilitator as well. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at his numbers against Miami, and Miami had him in jail. People talk yeah. about the points, the terrible shooting, but Trey Young's assist numbers in that entire series, starting from game five and working backwards, people are used to Trey Young putting up 10 per game. He averaged 9.7 the regular season. Yeah. Here are the assist numbers. Six, five, eight, seven, four. So at yeah. no point was Trey even close to 10. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a similar defensive game plan they had on Trey, yeah. but for James Harden. Yeah. So give him six or seven assists, but nine and a half is too high. Yeah, I agree. Uh, again, it's really the same game plan. We talked about this all season long on the NBA pod. Is that defensively, Miami Heat against a point guard position has done really well. They were one of the best defenses against that point guard position. So I do like this number at under nine and a half for James Harden. I think we see a more aggressive James Harden um, as far as points. I'm not sure if he'll get over it, but again, yeah. I don't think the assists are going to be there for him tonight either. Um, if you kind of take a look at what he's done against Miami, the last time he had a double digit assist was back in 2021 in January. And that was, and that but, was one time. Like, yeah, that's and, why I said five of six. You go yeah. back before that, it's like 20. Yeah, the rocket stays. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I like it. All right, first, my first player problem, I'm going to go over to the Phoenix Suns and the uh, Dallas Mavericks game. I'm taking Mikael Bridges over one and a half blocks and steals here tonight. Let me just make sure that this number is still there as of last night because I was kind of shocked to see this. Um, I'm assuming the number didn't change. It's probably whether or not the actual juice changed, but yeah, it's I'm at assuming minus, it's still a one and a half. Yeah, I got a minus 120 last night. It's at a minus 140 right now, so kind of moving in my direction, but I'm sure you could shop around and find a 135 somewhere. Yeah, um, so yeah, definitely shop around that, but I think, yeah, one and a half is a little conservative for Mikael Bridges. I know that is going to be very tough for any defender on the Phoenix Suns to stay in front of Luka if he's going to be guarding Luka. But, you know, he's been more one of the more durable players. And we talked about this, I think, last week, uh, Scott, with Mikael Bridges emerging as maybe something more than a 3 and D guy in this entire league so far. And I think he's become one of the best, if one of the top three, if not the best 3 and D guys in the entire uh, association. And we kind of go back to when they picked up CP3, this team obviously completely changed when they picked them up when you're picking up a Hall of Fame point guard. But I think they've been really good on the defensive end of the basketball. It's kind of been led by guys like Mikhail Bridges. And so far uh, in this postseason, Bridges has gone over this projection in six out of the seven games that the Phoenix Suns have played, dating all the way uh, back to the first round um, against the New Orleans Pelicans. He's done a fantastic job of getting his hands in the passing lanes and creating tough shots. You know, he has the length. Yeah, he has long arms. If you watch this guy, his wingspan, he's able to get deflections. He's able to block shots. Um, and if he does draw the assignment on Luka, Luka is prone to getting turnovers. Mm. Um, we've seen that with, you know, guys like that. Are so, yeah, we've seen it with guys like James Harden, like Trey Young, who are so ball dominant that they are going to have the turnovers. And I think that's an area where Mikhail Bridges could pick up a steal or two here and there, and he's going to have a blocked shot. So I'm going to continue riding this here with Mikael Bridges. I think that defensive intensity is going to be better in this game because we saw in that first half in game one where, you know, they were putting up points just at will, knocking down shots. I expect them to have a better uh, defensive game plan on both sides in this game. But at one and a half, I think that's a little conservative. I think this should be at least be at two and a half. So I'm going to take Mikael Bridges uh, blocks and steals over one and a half, Scott. 
Yeah, I'm just teasing. I know you were mentioning ball dominant guys. I said yeah. JaVale McGee because, <laughs> of course, he pickpocketed Doncic, which was basically the play of the game yeah. for game one. So, yeah, it's really a story with just, well, common sense. If you have the ball in your hand more, you're likely to turn it over more. Yeah. And, for example, Harden tonight, I'm not going to fully roast him with an over-under here, but his turnovers are four and a half. So yeah. you're assuming that the ball being in a guy's hands for the majority of the time, which is why I actually liked Phoenix in this series. Mm-hmm. Dallas's offense was a lot more fluid. It's a bit of a hot take, but I got to say it. It was a lot more fluid before Luka came back. Sure. Because yeah. you're looking at how they how they played in the first three games against Utah. Game one, they were awful. I'll mm-hmm. admit that. Game one, they were not good offensively. But when Brunson and Dimwitty were running the show, they played with pace, and they had a lot of, I'd say, fluid sets where they were actually getting everybody involved. Everybody was getting a touch. Doncic came back and it seems like the teams reverted to previous game plans under Carlisle, which is give the ball to Doncic. Everyone get out of the way. Yeah. And you're not beating Phoenix doing that. Right. So they're going to have to change that up. I know Brunson didn't play well and Dinwiddie didn't play well, mm-hmm. but it seems like ever since Luca came back, they've just been handing him the ball every possession and telling him to do something. And I feel like as a result, that's going to cause a lot of turnovers for Doncic because he has the ball in his hand all the time. And it also has impacted Dallas's efficiency offensively because Mm -hmm. I know that you can make a point, well, they scored 114 in game one. They scored 35 points in glorified garbage time. So I'm not going to overreact to that. But it seems like Dallas's offense really needs to get Brunson and Dimwitty operating the ball a little bit more because they're a little bit too stagnant. Yeah, I'm just not sold on Dinwiddie. I mean, no, neither am I. He's just been so awful. I don't know if you want to have this conversation or not, but did Dallas lose the Porzingis trade? Yes. As of today, yes. And nobody's talking about it, but we got to talk about it because Dinwiddie had a couple of big shots against Utah in, game, in the first series yeah. and game seven, he had a couple of threes. Mm-hmm. Out of game six, I mean. So they yeah. did win a series. They did better with Dinwiddie than they ever did with Porzingis. Sure. They also never played against Utah. They were against the Clippers twice, and the Clippers were very, very good, and they went to seven. But I was actually going to have the same take, and I'm happy you agree with me. I understand Porzingis wasn't happy with his role, and you wanted to get another guard there, but I think Porzingis is a better basketball player than Dimwitty, and I get the injuries are there. I understand why you made the trade, Mm -hmm. but if you're asking me based on talent – Porzingis is a better basketball player than Dimwitty, and I don't think it's really close. Yeah, I, I'm just, I, I just don't think that he, he's. I mean, maybe when he was with the Nets days before his injury, he was, he was a average, maybe a, a slightly above average player, but he needs the ball in his hands all the time. Yeah, and that's and one he's just reason. Not efficient. Yeah, that's yeah. one reason why I liked him coming off the bench when initially when Luca came back was because Dimwitty is a guy who, when he was good with the Nets was when somebody got injured and he was stepping in to play that point guard position and he had the ball in his hands all the time. But Dimwitty, when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, really doesn't do anything off ball. I know we just got into a random Dimwitty conversation, but yeah. <laughs> I'm happy we're having it. Yeah, Dimwitty doesn't do anything off ball. So as Luca is dribbling, going between the legs, trying to break down his defender for about 5, 10 seconds, yeah. you know Dimwitty's just going to stand there. And he provides you no value off ball. Yeah. And that's concerning. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, if you, even if you go look at his game log, he had that one good game, like you mentioned, in game six where he had 19 points. But other than yeah. that, 37%, 22, 28, 33, 40, 37%. It's, it's been rough. Yeah. It's been rough. I agree. Um, all right, where are we at? Uh, let's get over to your next player prop. Uh, Scott, what do you got? So you gave out a defensive play. I'm going to give out a defensive play. It's going to be Jimmy Butler over one and a half steals at minus 128. Yeah. He's recorded at least two steals in each of his last five games. He's played against Philadelphia four times this season. He's recorded two plus steals in three of those meetings. It kind of goes back to your point on Bridges. If he's going to end up guarding Doncic, you're looking for him to be active, get his hands into passing lanes, and even just to potentially rip a guy or two. Butler should end up being matched on to Harden for at least some of the game. I'm assuming they're going to stick with their Trey Young defensive assignment handoff scheme with Tucker picking up full court. You're going to transition over to Butler guarding in the half court. And Butler's just an active hands guy. But one and a half for a guy who's recorded at least two in each of the last five games is too low. I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I'm not going to argue against this one. I mean, it's it's the same logic as your bridge. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and I think that Jimmy Butler is this. I, I talked about is that this is a game, a series where it's a, a revenge. I guess we can say because he was mm-hmm. with Philly and made the, they made the decision to go in another direction. But it's I just, took it. It's and I took it personally. Series. Yeah, and, and again, we talked about how great this defensive team or this team Miami Heat team is defensively, and they've shown that it's been led by Jimmy Butler and PJ Tucker. I mean. You just kind of go through the game log. He's going to get the steals regardless if he's trying that night or not. And he's, again, getting the minutes. Um, and defensively, we know he he's a really great player. Again, more the, I don't want to say underrated two-way players, but um, he's a great two-way all-star in this league. And I think that he, he really prides himself on the defensive end of the basketball and it shows up in the box score for him, right? Like you mentioned in every single game so far, in the playoffs, uh, he's had at least two steals. Um, and again, he's a, what, three out of four beating so far against Philly in the regular season, you said, Scott? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, especially uh, at one and a half. Well, three out of four is including the one playoff game. Okay, okay, yeah. So, the four meetings this season, uh, he's done it in three out of the four games. And he had, he had at least two steals in every single game against the Atlanta Hawks. So, uh, again, a team, if he is guarding James Harden, like we talked about, who is prone to turnovers. And if Jimmy Butler's checking him, he's going to be able to get those steals against um, James Harden or whoever he is guarding for that matter. But yeah, I do love this play as well. Um, for my next one, um, and I think we're only doing two each here. Um, I'm going to go with Luca here tonight. Give me the re- sorry, yeah, the rebounds and assist over. I think I saw it at 17 and a half for Luca here tonight. Um, look, he's going to fill up those box score right and i think the one thing that really we know that he is going to fill up is at least the rebounding portion of it um they really don't have that true rebounder at that center position right we've talked about like the lack of size for this dallas mavericks team and luca goes out and gets those rebounds for the uh dallas mavericks and you kind of go through what he's been able to do in this postseason so far as far as rebounding wise he's i think he's been in double digits in i think three or four games i'm quickly trying to pull up the box score here for luca um last game against the phoenix suns he had 12 nine against the jazz 13 10 and eight um it's just a matter of the one that the assist uh that may or may not be there again he did have eight each in the last two games in the playoffs 
He's gone over this projection in the last game. Um, he went it over three times against the Utah Jazz. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna continue banking on him getting those rebounds. But I think that we'll get a better effort at least um, from his assists and guys knocking down shots because Scott in game one is pretty much only Maxi Kleber that was knocking down those three point shots. And I think they're gonna need. Guys like Reggie Bullock, they're going to need, like you mentioned, Spencer Didwitty, Jalen Brunson, those guys to step up here tonight. I think that number is now at 17 and a half for Luca, but I still like it at that number. Um, again, we know this guy can be a walking triple-double, but I'm going to take his assistant rebounds to get over 17 and a half here tonight. Yeah, I like the play. Now, my question for you is, do you think Phoenix's adjustments in game two are going to be to send an extra guy on a Luca? Or is it let Luca drop 40 again and we'll take our chances because we trust in the idea of having one guy go nuts, limit the limit the playmaking, and we know Dallas can't guard us? I think it's probably made the same game plan as game I think it's going to be the same game plan. Right? Like, he dropped 45 in game one. But Dallas, uh, defensively, at least in game one, weren't able to stop anything that the Phoenix Suns were doing. I mean, DeAndre Aiden, we've talked about this, that he was going to have a monster series because the Dallas Mavericks just don't have a guy that can guard him on the interior. Like, you're going to throw Dwight Powell at him. I mean, no disrespect to him, but... Uh, it's not even Dwight Powell, by the way. He played 16 minutes. You're yeah, mostly throwing Kleber like, at him. Yeah, Kleber at him, right? And I think that, again, this is going to be a series where DeAndre Ayton's going to be able to dominate. I you know we're talking about Luka here, but I think it should be still be the same game plan where, hey, let him go out and score 35, 40, 45 points. It's just one guy. We have three guys mm-hmm. on the offensive end, and our defense is is – is better at least right now for the Phoenix Suns. So, so I think that I would, I would go with the same game plan if I was Monty Williams. I would do the same. Now, am I saying that you should take Luca over 33 and a half? That's a little bit large. Sure, this if I was going to take that, I'd probably just take 40 again because yeah. I'm assuming Luca's shot volume will be there. Sure. But I feel like the game plan for Phoenix should be stop Brunson, stop Dimwitty. Truth is, even Kleber, uh, we've seen the same thing happen in the Utah series. He had one really hot game, and then he crashed back down to earth because, to be honest, I don't think Kleber's a very good basketball player. Mm-hmm. I think that he's okay. He's a pretty decent three-point shooter, but he's streaky. So do I think that Phoenix is going to change things up, or will they dare Maxi Kleber to go five for eight from three again? I'm assuming option B. Yeah, I would think so, too. But then- just, just stop Brunson, keep him in check, and he should be fine. Yeah, and I was going to say that 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 thirty three and a half now create some opportunity or of I don't know I don't want to say value on taking the over on Jalen Brunson or you just continue to take uh, take an under on him in game two here. I think it's a very bad series for Brunson, okay. and I think the reason why he did swell against Utah first of all was the fact that Luca wasn't playing, so his numbers were extremely inflated when the series started, and then Luca came back and his numbers went down a bit. But Utah, just perimeter-wise, did not have any guys with enough quickness and change of direction to stay with Brunson. And you're looking at what Phoenix does. They have a lot of guys. You mentioned Mikel Bridges, who might end up on Doncic. He might end up on Brunson. You have Jay Crowder, who's a very solid defender as well. Even Cam Johnson and Booker are pretty good defenders. But the point is, it seems like the game plan for Phoenix, if I was Monty Williams, would be let Luka go nuts, stop everybody else, and let's see if Luca's hero ball can beat the best team in the league. Yeah. And I don't think it can. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, Scott, let's do this. Let's take one more break here. Uh, I'm going to throw some head to head points at you that I just found that might be interesting as a uh, maybe just to have some fun. I'll rattle them off and then and I'll get your take on it. So, but we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors for one last final break. Ross, we're brought to you by Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best crafters, small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world. Whether your friends call you a coffee snob or you know it when you when coffee tastes really perfect, Trade's real coffee experts personally taste over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend for you. Because the truth is, what I might like and what you may like may be completely different and it probably is completely different. And you will like a selection of specific coffees that are different from anyone else's tastes. Just answer a couple questions and you'll get an own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like, no gimmicks. Trade delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans are grounded for however you brew it at home and they guarantee you'll love your first order or they'll replace it for free. So all you gotta do right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping. That's right, a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. Again, that's trade. Sorry, that's drinktrade.com slash SGP. There's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinkcoffee.com slash SGP and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's again, drinkcoffee.com slash SGP. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off. And don't forget, Mother's Day is coming up. A Trade subscription is perfect gift for the gift of the coffee lovers in your life. Roster brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your recovery, energy, focus, and aging, all the great things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel bags for free with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And last but not least, we're also brought to you by IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means that, that means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually, virtually invisible online. It's really that simple. And IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. 
IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So, go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% in savings. That's IPVanish.com SGP. All right, coming off of the break here, um, these books really try to do get creative, especially during this playoffs time, because I guess a lot more casual fans may start paying more attention to NBA playoffs or NHL playoffs, where the case might be, or especially when the playoffs are around. Um, but they do have like head-to-head matchups um, as far as who's going to score more points. I'm going to just rattle off two to you for each game um, and kind of get your take, and, and, and we can go from there. So the first one for the Philly and the Miami one, it's going to be – let's go with this one. Tobias Harris or Tyler Hero more points. Right now, Tyler Hero is plus 115, Tobias Harris minus 145. Who do you think score more points tonight? That's a very tough call because Tobias was actually pretty decent in game one. Yeah. But I'm going with Hero. Okay. I, I feel like plus money is kind of the deciding factor there because even though Harris has actually had a pretty underrated playoffs up to this point, mm-hmm. and which I feel like not enough people are giving him full credit for, at the end of the day, I expect Miami to make adjustments on him. I mentioned the game plan moving forward should be guard everybody else, force Harden to beat you. Yeah. So I do think that the game plan should dictate a tougher time for Tobias Harris, but watching Hero come into that game in game one, mm-hmm. I mean, nobody could guard him. No. Hero was cooking. He had a couple of shots from three from the parking lot as heat checks that went in. But even besides that, did you see any answer that that Philly could have for Hero? Because I did not. No. Plus money for a guy who should walk into 20 points in this game is good enough for me. I'm taking the plus money. All right. Uh, one more for this game. Tyrese Maxey, minus 160. Bam Adebayo, plus 130. I'm going to go with Bam. I'm going to take plus money. I'm going to go Bam as well. I'm going to take the plus money. Now, I feel like this one's also close because you're expecting Maxey to have a bounce-back game, but it goes back to my point where you're looking at what Harden's supposed to do. Maxey off-ball's actually decent, but he could be better off-ball. But the one takeaway you had early in the game was DeAndre Jordan or Paul Reed, good luck, because Adebayo might drop 20 on you. I think Adebayo should have another big game going for maybe 18 and 12 in this spot. But you're looking at a situation where Adebayo should probably go for 18 or so. Mm -hmm. And Miami's defense is so much better than Philly's. I just don't think there's going to be many points to go around for Philly. So... I'm going to take the plus money again because I know for a fact Philadelphia does not have the actual resources to guard out of bio in the middle. I think Miami has the resources to guard Maxi. Yeah, I think it's the same thing as like the other series, right? With Dallas doesn't have guys to guard DeAndre Aiden, so he's going to get his points. Yeah, um, much. something similar to Bam out of bio. All right, so that'll be for the Sixers and the Heat. I'll throw two at you for the Mavericks and the Suns. First one. Um, Jalen Brunson minus 110, DeAndre Aiden minus 120. I'm taking Aiden. Yeah. It's a similar story we just talked about. I think it's going to be a bad series for Brunson. Mm-hmm. Now, he's too talented to be that bad like he was in game one. Yeah. But the game flow with him and Doncic coexisting has been awful for Brunson. And Luka has constantly found himself in a position 
where he's trying to create off the dribble for 15 seconds at the top of the key. And next thing you know, there's five on the clock. He's taking a fadeaway jumper from 35 feet. We've yeah. seen it too often. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Dallas's offense is extremely stagnant. I know that Dallas can't guard eight. And Powell only played 16 minutes. He wouldn't have an answer for eight neither. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to throw Kleber as the main option against Aiton, good luck to you. Aiton can do what he wants in the paint. He has a very good jump shot. He's good at rebounding. Uh, rebounding is actually the weak part of his game, but against Dallas, he should be decent on the glass. I'm assuming Aiden walks into 22 in this game, maybe more. Brunson might end up in the same role that he's had recently, where he'll probably put up somewhere in the teens. Yeah. But I'm assuming Aiden gets to 20 because Dallas cannot guard him. Oh, yeah. I like that one. This is probably the most interesting one that I found. Um, Mikel Bridges minus 175, Dorian Feeney-Smith plus 140. I will throw this extra handicap at you, and I'm putting air quotes. I know you people can't see, but Scott can see it. It is DFS's birthday today. Okay. <laughs> How much does that factor in? I will so say this. He, is- did, he did have two more points in game one. I know it's, only a, it's not even a sample size, a very small sample, but he did score 15 in game one and Bridges only ended up with 13. It's pretty tricky because Bridges can somewhat create off the dribble. Yeah. Not really, but mostly in a slashing role. Mm-hmm. Finney Smith is just entirely a three-point shooter, yeah. no matter how you slice it. Mm-hmm. So the question is, do you think that Bridges will have enough opportunities to get into the paint or do I think that Finney Smith goes nuts from three? I think I'm taking Finney Smith. Okay. Not because of the birthday, but because there's <laughs> no one, but not because there's no way I'm laying 170 with Bridges in a matchup yeah. like that. I feel like since they were separated by two points yeah. in game one and Finney Smith won the matchup, I'm not laying 170. And that yeah. that's that's just absurd. If it was clo- if it was 130, I would take Bridges. But for value purposes, give me the birthday boy at plus what, 150, 140? Uh, 140 is the number that I see, yeah. I'll take the birthday boy plus 140. Yeah, Terrell will tell you uh, I don't care it is his birthday, so I'm going to take the plus 140 on, on Dorian Finney. What do you yeah. think? I just think Bridges is a good offensive player. Sure. But he's not great enough at creating his own shot off the dribble yeah. where he's worthy of laying 170 in this matchup. Yeah, I think like offensively for the Phoenix Suns, he's like what? Fourth option, fifth option. If they he's need the next an option, elite. he he's the guy who could make the leap, which yeah. would make Phoenix an even better team. And I know that sounds crazy because Bridges is their best defensive player, and he probably should have won Defensive Player of the Year in my opinion. But offensively, he's improved. But if he can even create a little bit of a pull up jump, not even a pull up jumper, but just an off the dribble jumper. Mm-hmm. Or even just a little little bit of handle there, or, yeah. or a little bit of an in and out crossover, maybe between the legs move or two. Mm-hmm. That's the next step in the evolution of his game. Yeah. Is if he can become a guy who could at least get you an isolation bucket, maybe three, four times a game. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's not that guy. Yeah. So I'll go with Finney Smith at plus money. All right. Yeah, I just want to kind of throw those at you as some 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 bonus. Um, some bonus content or picks for our listeners because we are only down to two games. 
in the NBA playoffs. Uh, won't have best bets because the ones that we did give out are our best bets uh, to say. So four player props each. We did some head-to-head, talked about a lot of players. So hopefully that can help you guys if you are betting on some other players as far as player props. Um, uh, you know, maybe that gives you an extra a tool from us and the way we kind of talked about the players that are playing tonight and going forward, especially with the John Moran number that we talked about at what 28 and a half, I said for him uh, for Saturday night. So, yeah, that uh, number is going to be an auto bet for me. Yeah, 100%. Um, Scott, that's going to do it, man, for the prop cast. Um, anything else you want to kind of throw out there or get off your chest? Uh, for the most part, I guess the one thing I'm going to ask you in case uh, the people who are listening to this or thirsty for even more content. Sure. If you want to look at some series prices right now, I know nothing has fully surprised us, but my question for you, mm-hmm. out of all of the underdogs that you could bet on, so as of right now, Philly, Dallas, Milwaukee, and Memphis, which underdog price is the most appealing to you, and why is it Memphis plus 235? Because I think that's a series where... That was going to be your answer, right? Yeah, it was. Because I don't think any of the other teams have a chance at winning. Um, I think Milwaukee maybe has a chance, but they yeah. have to make it extra ugly. Yeah, not at plus 115, though. I think I don't no, think that's, that, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I did pick up 4-1 to one yesterday or after game one on Memphis, just in case I still do think that the Golden State Warriors win this series. But I think these two teams are really more evenly matched than I think a lot of people think. And I think the Peyton injury changes a lot. Yeah. And, and also that... For Memphis, we talked about like Jaws going to be putting up 30 plus points a game for them. Um, it's just a fact of is somebody else going to step up? Because clearly, I think Desmond Bain is injured and he's not going to be the player that he was obviously in round one against Minnesota. But I just feel like that this Memphis team, Memphis team is deep enough that you can get a different guy to step up every single night. They have three days Jaw. off, though, or they have two days off. So Bain, yeah. Bain's back should be better. Yeah. When they resume game uh the series for game three. Yeah. So like Triple J had a great game in game one. John Moran did his thing. John Moran had a great great game one last night. Offensively, the Warriors were not good. Um, but again, I think that there's gonna be somebody else that every single game that's gonna step up next to John Moran. Now, if they figure out a way to slow down John Moran or throw a double team at him and say, Hey, somebody else on Memphis is gonna if we're gonna lose somebody else is going to do it. It's not going to be jaw. I, I think that at, at plus two thirty five, I think that's the one that makes the most sense to me. You? Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. the series should be closer to one eighty. Yeah. If I was pricing it, I feel like these teams are very evenly matched. And that's why it goes back to the point that I made earlier, which was we both had Memphis to win the game in game two. So we're not surprised, right. but even though golden state's goal entering Memphis was take one and we'll deal with home court. Yeah. That's a really big missed opportunity losing yesterday because with Bain's injury and with Brooks being ejected immediately, Mm -hmm. that's a game that you really should have. Yeah. And I think that now going back, you have two games here at home. Um, You still have home court advantage to the Golden State Warriors, right? So Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying Golden State should be up to nothing. Yeah, really to kind of – start closing that door at least three fourths of the way there for golden state. But I think, yeah, that's the only series that really, um, as an underdog underdog price, I would look at. Um, so that's going to do it for the prop cast today. Uh, a lot of great stuff here on this show. Uh, hopefully we can get some winners for you guys and continue the winning ways, at least to start this round too. Um, 
definitely check out the NBA Gambling Podcast as well. Me and Terrell broke everything down. We saw yesterday as well as handicap game uh, twos for tonight on Wednesday night. And then player props and a lot of other things here on the PropCast with myself and Scott. Uh, Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow on the Thursday NBA Gambling Podcast to discuss the Friday games. Um, so definitely look out for that. And I'll be back on Friday for the PropCast as, as well with myself and Will. Uh, Scott, thank you so much, my man. You can follow uh, Scott on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Definitely check out his YouTube daily show as well, giving out a lot of a lot of winners over there. Um, so definitely check him out there as well. Good luck with your bets here tonight. Uh, we will be back, like I said, throughout the week. Let's break these books off and let it ride. <laughs>